are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today is Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. I am your host, Tiny Gonzalez, still sick as I was yesterday. So we're going to see how this goes. Bear with me on that. Joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E. G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. We're going to be recording a new episode for all of our patrons later on today. So if you want to listen to that, visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information. But on today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we're going to talk about a pair of outfielders the M's are reportedly interested in. We're also going to discuss the starting pitching market and how Eduardo Rodriguez and Jose Barrios' deals impact things. So if you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. We're going to actually kick things off here, though, by talking about a couple of news items, smaller news items that have come from the Mariners themselves over the last, over the last couple of days. We weren't able to get to this one yesterday, but the Mariners on Monday announced some coaching staff changes, starting with Tim Laker, the hitting coach, uh, declined his offer to come back. Tony Arnrich will now be the hitting coach for the Mariners. Christopher Negron will now come up from Tacoma and be the team's first base coach. Perry Hill will only be the infield coach now. Uh, Andy McKay, which is really the interesting one here, who's been involved in the uh, the player development side of everything for you know the entire DePoto tenure, is now joining the major league staff as a quote-unquote major league coach. We haven't really gotten any clarity as to what that means. But Colby, what are your overall thoughts on the coaching staff changes? Yeah, nothing, um, nothing that I think will change the day-to-day operation of the Mariners, uh, at least not to, to the fans. Uh, I, um, the, uh, the promotion of Christopher Negron is certainly a, a cool thing to see. Uh, you know, it's, it's certainly seems like it's only a matter of time, uh, before he's a manager somewhere, uh, heard really good things about him in Tacoma and obviously Seattle really likes him. Um, so they put him on the coaching staff, uh, Perry Hill, uh, you know, just just the infield coach, not a not the first base coach. I don't know if this is them just trying to take some responsibility off of him, or if it was just uh just so they could get Negron on the staff. Um, but whatever, you know. There's I don't think there's a limit on the number of staff you can have. Uh, so why not? It's it's fine. Um, Laker was yeah. asked to come back. Uh, it sounds like they were going to give him the same title, but they wanted to change his job slightly. And he said no to that. So that that's why Lakers not back. Um, and then uh, no bench coach and, and they're not going to hire one. Uh, Jerry addressed that. He said that they're not going to have a traditional um, bench coach. Uh, they feel like the, the, the crew, <clears throat> sorry, the crew around Scott is, is good enough um, that, they don't really need one. And, and uh, this is just me saying this, not, not Jerry, but if, if a situation arises where Scott's got to, you know, head out of town for a few days or he gets ejected or suspended or whatever, 
Uh, my guess would be that Manny Acta would be the acting yeah. man- manager. Um, but I also mm. wouldn't. I also wouldn't say that Christopher Negron wouldn't be the number two. Uh, I just throw that out yeah. there. But Manny or Acta has the experience. Yes, uh, both have managerial managerial experience. Um, you know, Manny Acta is just managed at the big league level. So, uh, mm. yeah, it's, it's a pretty good staff. I I, I don't you know I can only react so much because I don't really know these guys personally. Mm. Um, but based on what I've heard and read and and um, from other people who do know. I think it's uh, it's a pretty good overall staff, and and we'll see. It's it's a lot of the familiar faces and some uh, some older faces in new roles. But uh, yeah, nothing nothing earth earth shattering. Speaking of the coaching staff, unfortunately, last night Scott Service falling just shy of winning AL Manager of the Year. He finished second in the voting to Kevin Cash of the Tampa Bay Rays, which. You know, when when you can vote for a guy that underachieved after winning the AL pennant and then having the best record in the AL only to go on to lose in the ALDS, I mean, you just, you got to do it, right? Apparently. Um, not for nothing. Scott Service went 6-1 and one against Kevin Cash, so I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's... But a far less talented team, by the way. Uh, significantly less talented. Um, so yeah, it was, can't say I was surprised, uh, but, um, it is annoying, but also in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, I I was, I was, I wasn't super surprised that, that Scott lost, you know, East coast bias and all that stuff. I was just surprised that it was cash. I thought for sure it was going to be dusty Baker. Didn't you? No. Um, why would dusty win? He has an even more talented team than cash. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's it's dusty though. It's a, it's a guy that you know he's kind of he's kind of one of the more recognizable names. In he terms got of third place in baseball. Yeah, he got third place. I, I just felt like just, it, ultimately these awards are popularity contests, right? And I feel like really Dusty are. is a very popular dude. I don't and like him, but sure, sure. I used you, to, I you used to like, like him, him, but a lot of people in baseball, a lot of baseball writers do. Right. Sure, and they they sure, love like, Dusty Baker. Good. Well, I think that's why he probably got third because was he the third mm-hmm. best manager? No, and, and Scott yeah. Service actually kind of destroyed Dusty a few times uh, with the his moves to Dusty's moves, um, namely you know pinch hitting Dylan Moore against Brooks Raley uh, for the famous <laughs> Grand Slam. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean like if, if we're talking about just like who's the best manager in the American League. It, it was Bob Melvin before he, you know, left town. But I would say Kevin Cash is probably the best manager. Um, sure. But did he deserve the the award the way that we know the award is given out? No. He shouldn't have won it this year. Mm-hmm. So finally, the Mariners announcing uh, today that Ichiro is going to be inducted into the Mariners Hall of Fame. Congrats to Ichiro. They're going to be having an Ichiro weekend from August 26th to the 28th. That series is going to be against the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, what do you think about that and honoring Ichiro? I know that you you wanted Rick Riz possibly beforehand, but Ichiro is going to get him first. What do you think about that? That's fine. It's I mean, it's obviously well-deserved. We knew this was coming. Um, it seems stupid to me that they're not just making this a jersey retirement thing too because he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no need to wait for that nonsense, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, it's it's 
it's expected. I kind of thought maybe they might try it uh, last year, um, but this year makes sense. I think Ichiro's got two more years he's got to wait uh, before he's Hall of Fame eligible, um, and so that's typically when they like to do these things. So uh, not a surprise, well-earned, and hopefully you know, before too long, Rick Riz uh, also takes his rifle spot in the Mariner Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Thinking back on Ichiro's career real quick, what what is your favorite moment watching Ichiro throw. growing up? The throw against the A's? The throw. Yeah, yeah, I mean, part of that, honestly, might be Dave's call, which is I mean, still sure. to this day, it's one of my five favorite calls of all time. Uh, mm. You know, he threw something out of Star Wars. I, it, it's such a great call. Um, mm. uh, Mario, the walk-off home run off of Mariano, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beating Randy to first base in the All-Star game. That's mine. That's yeah, mine. That is such an iconic I, thing. Like, I love that All Star game. I, I don't know if I've ever told you that, but I, I have a I have a particular bias towards that All Star game. I, I love that All Star game and that moment. Uh, just when I think about Ichiro, that moment stands out clear as day to me. Right. That that to me is the last great All Star game. Um, not that there haven't been you know fun All Star games, but that that was Ripken and that was Gwen and. Ripken hits the home run and Vladdy mm. Guerrero accidentally throws his bat at Tommy Lasorda and they bring out <laughs> yeah. the, they bring out the catchers, uh, the chest protector and you have a rod uh, running over to Ripken and pushing Ripken to play shortstop for an inning. Yeah. Um, it, it, there was so much fun that happened there and obviously the Mariners well-represented beautiful ballpark, all mm-hmm. that stuff too certainly plays yep. into it. And then Freddie gets the win. Uh, I think Kazu got the save. Ichiro got the infield single. Like it was, it was a great all-star game. So, yeah, it, it's those. It's Ichiro breaking Sisler's record. Um, honestly, it's partly Ichiro uh, coming back and, and retiring in Japan. That's certainly something yeah. that uh, I'll always remember. But, uh, yeah, you know, Ichiro, Ichiro was huge, man. It, it, when I was in Little League, everybody wanted to wear 51, even though the jerseys didn't go that high. And we saw a lot of the the bat thing and, and you know, the all of that stuff. And, and kids wanted to be like Ichiro, and that's – that was cool. And, and so just that, that idea, it was also kind of the first year I really clicked on to what the Mariners were doing. And so, you know, obviously Ichiro being the best player on that team, uh, mm-hmm. was, was very cool for me in my first year of actually paying attention to baseball to have a guy like Ichiro, uh, that, that, uh, was awesome. So, yep. Yeah, I, uh, a lot, a lot of moments and I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of tears at the ballpark when they show that awesome, uh, video package that they do every time they have a mm. ceremony like this. Yeah. They should have put him in the home run derby, man. That guy hit tanks in batting practice. <laughs> he was a lot of fun to watch. That is the, mo- that is the most tired narrative though. <laughs> like I, yo, he could hit 30 if he wanted to. I don't care. He didn't want to. So why are we talking about this? <laughs> it doesn't matter. He was a lot of, he was a lot of fun though. And, uh, and BP, the, the couple times that I got, Oh, to sure. Absolutely. BP, it was but, a lot of fun, <laughs> but still it's like, I, who cares? Like it's not relevant. But no, it, right, so I, he would put about, on a show. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a couple of uh, outfielders the, the Mariners are going to be uh, targeting or, or reported to be targeting right now. We'll see if maybe they're closing in on one of them. We'll, we'll talk about all of that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All of the good food and treats and plenty of them to go around. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, it's the perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. 
Feast on something delicious and feel good about it for once. One slice of pie has an upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end if you're lucky. Meanwhile, most built bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut built bar. Go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. There are lots of good flavors to replace any pie or any other fattening unhealthy dessert. Low calories, low carbs, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate, Built is a great option for when you're hungry. And if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share... Share some at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward, I promise you. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't even tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. And of course, there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com you're listening to locked on mariners thank you again for making us your first listen of the day just like you do here every day we greatly appreciate it so colby we got a little bit of news well eh, more just rumors but this comes from michael Mayer of metsmerize who's gotten some uh, things pretty down pat with the mariners in the past uh in the mets of course um, and he reported uh, today that the Mariners are continuing to show interest in free agent outfielder Michael Conforto, of course, formerly of the Mets, who has declined his qualifying offer from the Mets. And we've talked a lot about Conforto, obviously a, a really solid bounce back candidate to get back to being a you know potential three win player, uh, obviously has ties to the Pacific Northwest, grew up a Mariners fan, all that just feels like the fit is fantastic with the Mariners and uh, and they're pursuing him according to Michael Mayer at Mike Mayer 22 on Twitter if you want to check that out so Colby if Michael Conforto is the guy here for the Mariners in the outfield uh, are uh, are you happy with that are you what's the plan with that like what would you do with Conforto and working him in with Mitch Hanniger and the rest of the group that you have in that outfield yeah, it'd be a, a really good uh, a really good signing, uh, in my opinion. Uh, even if it was for multiple years, I, I think you could justify that. Conforto can really hit, and twenty twenty one doesn't tell the story, even though he was still, I believe, a one hundred six WRC plus guy. So, I mean, you know, one hundred being average, he was six percent better than average in a down year. Typically, he's thirty percent better, roughly twenty five to thirty percent better than average. Um, like the the guy can really hit. Uh, obviously, he's a Northwest native, lived in the Seattle area, grew up a Mariners fan, went to Oregon State, um, really thought he was going to be a Mariner. He thought that they were going to draft him. Uh, they didn't, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, and uh, he was apparently pretty hurt by that. He really wanted to be a Mariner. Well, now they have a shot. Uh, he's going to have a market, obviously, because he can hit and, and bats are, are valuable here. Um, in terms of how you put him in the lineup, I think he's going to play. I think he would play all three spots, even, including, yes, even a little bit of center field, even though he really shouldn't be. But if Seattle really can't go get a traditional center fielder, then there's going to be days where they want to get, you know, hypothetically, Kelnick, Lewis, Conforto, and Hanniger in the lineup. So Conforto might have to play some center field. But uh, ultimately, he's mm-hmm. going to play mostly right field or left field, and he's going to. Uh, get his fair share of games at DH. Not a great defender, 
um, but still better than Mitch Haniger, which not really saying much if we're being honest, but he is better there. And he's a left-handed bat to help balance out the lineup. He's got power. The swing will work uh, pretty well. Uh, it's 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 a signing that almost makes too much sense uh, mm-hmm. for it not to happen. So, uh, yeah, it, it would make a ton of sense, and I would uh, I would be quite happy with that. Yeah, Conforto this year, and this is kind of looked at as a down year for him. Still really good, 232, 344, 384, 14 home runs, 55 RBI, 106 WRC+. plus. He was worth only 0.8 F4, but like you said, that doesn't tell the whole story. And the year before that, in 2020, 54 games that year in the shortened season, 322, 412, 515 with a 158 WRC+. plus. Um, this is a very good player that you're adding who... Uh, is probably going to come at a fraction of the cost a little bit here because of the down-ish year that he had this year. It's still going to cost you a, a decent chunk of change, but uh, probably not what you would have gotten him if, had he hit free agency a year ago. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love the idea of, of taking advantage of that and uh, bringing in a guy that probably wants to be here. And that's the thing. is like you want guys that want to be here. And uh, and he's certainly a guy that that seems like fits that bill. And he fits all the all the things that Jerry Depoto loves. Controls the zone, doesn't strike out a ton, walks quite quite a bit. Twelve point three percent walk rate this year. He's got a uh, career walk rate of twelve point one percent. So that's pretty much where he's been his whole career. Um, the Mariners are going to be in on uh, Japanese outfielder Seiya Suzuki when he is officially posted by his team in Japan. Um, Jerry DePoto had already confirmed this as well uh, a couple days ago or a day ago on 950 KJR that they're going to be interested in Suzuki. So do you think there is a a world where Seiya Suzuki and Michael Conforto can coexist on the same roster? Sure. Um, With Mitch Haniger, Kyle yes. Lewis, Jerry Kelnick? Yes. Uh, why? why not? Uh, well, why not? Uh, we're just going to assume that Jared Kelnick is mm-hmm. what he was in September and he's going to be on day one. We're going to assume Kyle Lewis mm-hmm. is healthy and ready to play in day one. We're going to assume Kyle Lewis is even a major league quality hitter after missing pretty much an entire year. We're going to assume Mitch Haniger is not going to get hurt again. We're going to assume that the Mariners can even sign Michael Conforto. There's a lot of assumptions there. So if you're asking me, can those five coexist on the same 26 man roster? The answer is yes. Um, quite easily too. Uh, but I also don't think that's going to be the case. I, I think, um, yeah. I think it's more than likely that either Kelnick or Lewis would start the year in triple a, and that's not the worst idea in the world, uh, particularly with Lewis, uh, who again, basically hasn't played in a year. And that's if he's even with the organization, we've heard some things that they might be willing to move on from him. Uh, Suzuki, works because he's a right-handed bat who can play a little center field. He's much better in right field, uh, but he can play a little center field. Um, he's got right-handed power, which would be a nice compliment to Conforto. Uh, he is a control the zone bat. Um, he walked more than he struck out last year. And I think that's been a three year trend now, uh, in Japan, mm-hmm. there's very few concerns that he, he can hit, um, at least a little bit. He should be at least an average bat with, you know, above average defense and right field, a strong arm, uh, not a, not a base stealer per se, but, uh, certainly a good runner. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, look, 
do you think this guy can help you? And if the answer is yes, then you say, okay, we'll figure out the rest along the way. Let's get him now. Um, as for contract, I don't know because there is a, a chance that maybe it costs too much of your budget to, to sign Conforto and Suzuki. I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, things put Suzuki at six and a half million. I've seen other projections put him at 11, 12 uh, AAV. So it's a pretty big margin mm-hmm. there. Um, but yes, they can absolutely make it work. Um, and it starts with not just handing a starting job to Jared Kelnick or Kyle Lewis, which they shouldn't, uh, particularly if you're trying to, uh, you know, sell that you're a, a playoff favorite. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you do that and you have the DH, you have four outfield or three outfield spots in the DH every single night. Uh, you know, the four guys aren't going to play out all 162 games rotating between those four spots. So there's going to be plenty of at-bats to go around. So, yeah, they can absolutely make it work. Real quick, of the available outfielders out there who are not traditionally center fielders, would you say Seiya Suzuki is the best fit for that spot? You mean to play center? Yes. Um, or would you say maybe Mark Canna or someone around those lines? It's probably... I, here's the problem. I have not seen Suzuki play defense. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't really feel like I can answer that. Um, the, what I'm hearing from him is that he can stand out there and he's not awful, but he's solidly below average. Whereas if you put him in a corner, he's, mm-hmm. he's great. Um, mm-hmm. Could Seattle help with that? Sure. But also I, I, I think one of the things that people like, I like center field defense, like who doesn't? Outfielders who can catch the ball, it's really fun. But, I mean, Adam Duvall played center field in the playoffs for for Atlanta. So how much did that really hurt them? You know what I mean? Like, just don't be awful out there, and you're going to be fine. And so if you're asking me who I think would be the the least awful of the non-traditional center fielders out there, um, Mm -hmm. based on what what I have seen, it's probably still Canna, but I don't have a great feel for how good uh, Suzuki would actually be out there. All right. So we're going to keep on the uh, free agent market here and look at the starting pitchers and how Eduardo Rodriguez and Jose Barrios's recent deals might shape things up just a moment. But real quick, want to remind you this episode of lockdown Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So earlier this week, Eduardo Rodriguez signed a five-year, $77 million contract with the Tigers. Yesterday, Jose Barrio signed a seven-year, $131 million contract extension with the Blue Jays to stay in Toronto for a considerable amount of time. And really, the average annual salaries on both of these deals, not not too crazy, honestly. The Eduardo Rodriguez deal has him making $15.5 million over, uh, you know, in each of the next five seasons, which is well below what we had him at. We were projecting him to be around $19 million 
AAV. And then Barrios, I believe it's, uh, what, 17.8? Am I correct? Uh, yep, right about that. That's, uh, yeah, that for Jose Barrios, that's, that's a pretty good deal. So, Colby, what do you think this says about the starting pitching market? I think, I mean, look, it might just be these two guys, but both of those players appeared to take a lower AAV to get a longer contract. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for Rodriguez, instead of getting say four seventy, he wanted five seventy seven, right? Or maybe it was four sixty five or whatever. Um, but he wanted five years for the safety and for more guaranteed money. Um, and so he was willing to take a little bit less from Detroit to get that extra fifth year. And and I don't know what you know Barrios' situation is. Uh, I know he was a free agent mm-hmm. after this year, uh, which kind of makes me wonder why he would sign this deal um there's Mm going to be a new cba before you hit free agency uh there's a chance you could even improve your your value and to only get you know 17.8 that's less than the qualifying offer uh per year i mean yes it's 131 million but he's 28 years old 29 like he's he's gonna get a a contract at least that next year in free agency so maybe pitchers right now are valuing longer guaranteed contracts uh, than overall AAV because they know how volatile their, their situation can be. So, you know, yeah, I can take this four year deal and get, you know, 19 million AAV, but if I'm bad after those four years or if I'm hurt, which good possibility, then I might not be able to get, you know, another deal or I might be able to get, might not be able to get a another decent deal. I might have to, you know, do the the Alex Wood thing where I signed for like one year, three million dollars. You know, so uh, I'll take that extra year and I'll lose a little on the AAV, but I'll make another twelve million bucks or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So maybe that's what's happening here, um, or maybe it's just these two guys. Right. Hey, I don't. By I don't the way, know. I had the numbers flipped. It was actually eighteen point seven. AAV, so a little over the qualifying offer for this year, but still, it's uh, for for a guy like Barrios, who right now is a number three for the most part. Good one flashes number two at sometimes. Yeah, but there's certain like he's still young. You could still see him taking a next a next step. I mean, that's a guy that you could see. I mean, especially when we're hearing rumors about Marcus Stroman potentially getting twenty five million a year in this market i mean i would say that jose barrios is better than marcus stroman or at least yep. pretty close i think he's I better mean, yeah like barrios to me is a guy that should be making over 20 million dollars a year in this market so that was pretty surprising to me um and then you got you know a guy like noah Syndergaard signing a one-year deal for 21 million by the way, did you see the report saying that the Mets ghosted him? That he wanted no. to come back? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently Ouch. the Mets did what Mariners fans think they did to Kyle Seager. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Not great. Not great. So, uh, yeah, Syndergaard apparently wanted to go back to New York and uh, ends up in Anaheim with his deal yesterday. But, yeah, this... It's kind of what we said yesterday when we we're talking about the Syndergaard deal that this market is just kind of all over the place. It really doesn't make sense. 
you know, you, you got some of the projections and valuations that you're hearing on certain guys like Stroman, like Steven Matz. They're just all over the place and re- don't really add up to what we're seeing from some of these other pitchers who, you know, like Eduardo Rodriguez, who, yeah, you look at his ERA, 474 ERA last year, whatever. You look at the other numbers, like he's averaging 10Ks per nine. You know, he's he's not really walking a ton of guys. Like he's a very good pitcher. Same with Barrios. And uh, and they're uh, they're getting sub twenty million dollars a year. It's just it's it's wild to me. So, how do you think the Mariners navigate this? Do you think this changes things at all for the Mariners and and maybe their approach to the free agency market with these starting pitchers? I think Seattle, like we know, they want to add pitching. Um, I think what this may do is that it may make somebody like uh, John Gray a little more appealing. It might make somebody like Anthony Desclafani or Alex Wood um, a little bit more appealing uh, just because, you know, if, hey, if Barrios is getting 17, you guys are worth like 12 or 13, right? I mean, it's just the reality of it. And and so um, I, I yeah. think maybe this might empower Seattle to be a little more aggressive on the pitching market um, if for no other reason then it's going to be a little bit cheaper than they expected. And, and you know, make no mistake, these deals, while they don't set the market for everybody, I find it extremely unlikely that anybody, you know, any of the the Wood, uh, Desclafani, Gray, uh, anybody in that grouping is going to get more than Rodriguez's 5 and 77 or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that should, in, in theory... That should, in theory, uh, help Seattle, I would think. And then mm-hmm. maybe it even helps them land a guy like Alex Cobb or or Michael Lorenzen or, uh, you know, it could depress the entire pitching market outside of, obviously, like Scherzer and, and probably Verlander. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it should help Seattle, and I think they, they might be aggressive. And I think there's a chance that the pitcher is the first move they make. Um, although, based on what we're hearing, it might – a trade might be more likely there. Um, but sure. if Seattle wants to sign a free agent pitcher, it might cost them a little less to do so than we previously thought, which would be great. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. You'll, uh, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again so much for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Greatly appreciate all the support and uh, helping us get into the top 10 of uh, Locked On MLB podcast this past week. Uh, uh, that's a really cool milestone for us, and we we greatly appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, sharing us with, uh, with everyone you know. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow.